On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Weezer here on the Kevin Bean Show at Rock. We just played their new song, Back to the Shack. We'll be playing it again for you here in a couple minutes. The album is called Everything Will Be All Right in the End. Expected release date is September 30th. And you called up your old friend, producer Rick Okasik, for this record. It's been a little bit since you worked with him. How come? Well, um, we thought about it long and hard, and we talked to a number of producers. Um, and ultimately, we realized we wanted to make a record that had the sonic qualities of our first record. And really, who who could do a better job than Rick, who produced that first record? Mm-hmm. So um, we started talking to him, and it started to feel very exciting again. And he came out to L.A. and brought his, his two... Uh, Les Paul guitars, which we recorded that whole first album with, and uh, once we plugged everything in and got going, it was it was just the magic came back, and it was very fun and exciting for all of us. How does he, as a producer, make a difference with you guys? How does he? What, what does he bring? How does he really, change? He doesn't the... have to do much. He just has to be in the room. And, well, and I could do that. <laughs> you know, man. I'm saying, what does he bring to the band? If well, it's just he uh, says, "That's great. Do it again." <laughs> right. I could do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> he has a sense of uh, of a musical style and a musical knowledge that uh, you trust, and he also uh, hung out with Andy Warhol. Well, I, I didn't do that, so. Yeah. so that makes him cooler than than anyone, I guess, right? <laughs> no. But I think Scott put it best when he said, "Even when we hear that he's on his way to the studio, we we all start playing differently. There's just something about having this this all time new wave rock legend around us that." that ups our game. Hey, you're listening to Weezer Day by Day, episode nine about their ninth studio album, Everything Will Be Alright in the End, came out in 2014. I have skipped over a compilation of unreleased songs called Death to False Metal, because I'm just focusing on the actual studio albums. So this album was supposed to be produced by Sean Everett, who had worked on the band's previous two releases, but that album that they started making with Sean was shelved. Again, another Weezer album that was shelved or scrapped. And uh, it was at that point that Rivers said, quote, We just started working on our 10th record. I was talking to the producer and he was saying, These songs sound totally different from Hurley. Hurley was kind of dark, and the new songs sound like you're 16, riding your bicycle to get a Slurpee. I guess that was the album that they abandoned, and then Rivers started writing new songs and re-imagining or re-envisioning the album. Uh, One thing that happened is in between these albums here on October 8th, 2011, former bass player Mikey Walsh, died of an overdose he was found in his hotel room i don't know if that informed the decision to course correct from the album that sounds like you're 16 riding your bike to get a slurpee to an album called everything will be all right in the end that's more serious but cuomo said he wanted to make a quote complex classic album but then he hit a creative wall and that's why there's what four years between hurley and this album 
I guess in May 2013, Cuomo was meditating and he came up with a strong vision of the album. That's a quote. And they started recording it in January of 2014 and they brought Rick Ocasek back to produce it, wanting to return to, quote, the sound and the vibe and the energy of where the band came from, while also allowing them to, quote, explore and try new things. Bassist Scott Schreiner described Ocasek's production style as, quote, very serious. Weezer recorded the majority of the album at The Village, a recording studio in L.A. It was released on October 7th, 2014 with Republic Records, so they were only with Epitaph for that one album. According to a press release at the time, after Weezer had put out three albums in only three years, Rivers decided to begin writing at a slower pace, composing songs on the piano first before transferring them to guitar and presenting them to the band. It was around this time that Rivers also reconciled with his father, Frank, who left the family when he was very young, but later became a Pentecostal preacher. A quote from Rivers, Now that I'm a father, I've forgiven my parents. I had another nightmare. Go back to sleep, honey. Everything will be alright in the end. Alright, let's get into this album. Track 1, Ain't Got Nobody, written by Rivers Cuomo. It's nice to hear the Rick Ocasek production, but I can't say that I like this song a whole lot, but it's definitely better than anything on Hurley, so there's that. Track two, Back to the Shack, written by Rivers Cuomo and Jacob Kasher, or J-Cash. I'm not researching that guy. This song is embarrassing, and I guess it was the first single, so of course... I mean, if you look at a Weezer album and there's a song called Back to the Shack, you could probably guess that's going to be the first single. Track 3, Eulogy for a Rock Band. Uh, My notes is we've heard this chorus melody a billion times. This is ironic because a lyric in the song is, We will sing the melodies that you did long ago. I don't know if that's ironic or 
an admission of guilt. I mean, this is sad. It's it's just sad because it's so generic and bland. Track four is a song called Lonely Girl. Well, at least this sounds like a Weezer song. Doesn't sound like a great Weezer song, but at least it's a Weezer song. And at this point, that's saying something. Track five, I've had it up to here. So this is co-written by Rivers Cuomo and Justin Hawkins. Now, I would argue that both of these songwriters have proven themselves to be geniuses. I consider both of them capable of genius songwriting, but not this song. This song, no, it's not good. I don't understand why. There's a lyric in this song don't want to compromise my art for universal appeal. Don't want to be mass consumed. I'm not a happy meal. Bullshit. Rivers has been compromising his art for universal appeal, as far as I can tell, for multiple albums now. Why else do you bring in all the co-writers? Why do you make these modern sounding records that really have very little to do with what Weezer, you know, Weezer established a sound on the first few albums and they abandoned it. They abandoned the production. They abandoned the songwriting. They abandoned all of it. And as far as I can tell, they adopted a lot of modern production, bringing in modern songwriters a lot of the time to write modern sounding pop songs. And we all know in this century, in the 2000s, modern pop music is fucking horrible. So how has Rivers not compromised his art for universal appeal on these past three, four albums, whatever? You tell me, isn't that exactly what he's done? Now, I support... I guess the idea of Rivers writing a song with Justin Hawkins, unfortunately what we end up with are more bland, predictable melodies that we've heard before instead of those great Rivers melodies that we know the guy can can write. You know, your guess is as good as mine as to what's going on here. I just- 
Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Track six is a song called The British Are Coming. I don't know what to say about these songs. The verse is okay, but these rehashed melodies are very disappointing.
Track seven is a song called Da Vinci, written by Rivers and Josh Alexander, who also co-wrote Lonely Girl from this album. And Lonely Girl is a song that I said actually at least sounds like Weezer. And also, I guess I like parts of this song. You know, I've said it before, but if you go back, listen to the great Weezer songs from the early albums with those killer melodies, this song does not measure up to that. Track 8 is a song called Go Away, co-written by Rivers Cuomo and Bethany Cosentino. She's the singer-guitar player from a band called Best Coast, and this is a duet between her and Rivers. Her bandmate Bob Bruno also plays guitar, so I guess, you know, Rivers is like, I'll do a Best Coast song. If, If you listen to this song, maybe you'll hear what I hear, which is predictable melodies. The melodies you've heard before not melodies that grab you or catch you or hook you melodies that are boring I don't know why that's it's a big problem a lot of these songs they aren't horrible but they're just there Track 9, Cleopatra. I have no idea how Rivers Cuomo was reduced to this, but here we are. This is really bad. Track 10, Foolish Father. I keep saying it, but bland, predictable melodies. Just go listen to Photograph or Simple Pages. How good are those melodies? So even though this song isn't horrible, it just doesn't measure up. And I think the reason is the melodies are stock. As Lars Ulrich would say, stock. Forgive your foolish father. He did the best that he 
finishing off the album is the Future Scope Trilogy. So there's two instrumentals and sandwiched in between is a song. So it's The Wasteland, Anonymous, and Return to Ithaca. Both of the instrumentals are interesting. I like them. Rivers Cuomo is a great guitar player. And then the song, Anonymous, I actually like for the most part. Um, I would say this whole little bit here, this Future Scope trilogy, one of the best things, one of my favorite things on a Weezer album since Maladroit. Alright, so that was a Weezer album produced by Rick Ocasek, supposed to be hearkening back to their early days. They failed to accomplish that because of the songwriting and the co-writers, but here at the end we have something pretty cool, and that song Lonely Girl, I kind of like. Let's hear what they do next, we will find out tomorrow when we talk about the White Album.
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.